See if you recognize this line. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. Will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star, as dreamers do. You know where that was first sung? Jiminy Cricket. I heard Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio in 1940 was the first time that song titled, When You Wish Upon a Star, was sung. Over the years, that song has become what we could say is the unofficial theme song for Disney. Through the years, it's been in the opening credits to films. It's been in uh, the Disney show, the uh, TV series that started in the 50s and on. And on. Uh, it's in theme parks all over the globe. It's sang in their parades, in their fireworks displays. And incidentally, it's ranked number seven in the top 100 uh, of the American, in the, of, from the American Film Institute of the 100 greatest songs in film history uh, that song, When You Wish Upon a Star, is number seven. Now, for bonus points, can you name the number one song? Without Googling it, if you know or you want to venture a guess, you can come talk to me afterwards and see if you got it right. No one from the first service got it right, so just saying, but you can't Google it. All right, so again, that line. When you wish upon a star, anything your heart desires will come to you. You could argue that that idea has become the anthem for our world's sense of hope. Hope, whatever you dream for, whatever you could think of, what, whatever it is could come true. true. What, what does that song say? The key to it is, where does that hope come from? Where's the, the source of that hope? It says, if your heart, the song says, if your heart is in your dream. So in other words, it's all about you. As long as you're sincere enough, it's all about you. It's all about you. You are the object. You are the source of your hope. But Jiminy Cricket, in our world's definition of hope, is very different than the gift of hope that God brings to us in the person of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Two weeks ago, we kicked off the series, Father at Christmas, where we're talking about the gifts, the good gifts that our Heavenly Father gives to us in the person of Jesus as we think about Christmas and all the ramifications of what Christmas means for us. Let me share again that James 1, 17 passage that Crystal shared just a moment ago. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So over the last few weeks, we've talked about the gifts that, that God brings us through the person of Jesus Christ, through the birth of our Savior. And one of those, those, those gifts that has been recognized uh, from, throughout church history over the last hundreds and hundreds of years is the gift of hope. One of the things that the church has celebrated in the weeks leading up to Christmas is the gift of hope. But as we think about hope today, again, our definition of hope is different than Jiminy Cricket's. It's different from the wishing upon a star. There is a star in the Christmas story. If you remember the, the shepherds, I mean, the shepherds, the, the wise men after the birth of Jesus finally end up following a star and they end up worshiping in the presence of Jesus. And so what does Jesus 
bring us? What, what is the hope that, that Jesus comes to bring? What is the, the, the source of hope? Jesus, what is the, what's the different, that difference that Jesus brings us as we enter into his presence? So let's today unwrap the gift of hope that comes to us in Jesus. So let's start by defining it. What is biblical hope? What's the, the hope that Scripture talks about? What's the hope that Jesus came to bring? Again, different than Jiminy Cricket's hope. What's hope defined? This week, uh, I ran across a, a video of the Bible Project. If you've not watched any of the videos from the Bible Project, it's, there's some good stuff. And they did a biblical word study on the word hope. I want to share some, some things as we go along from that. What is hope? Hope is that thing that is key to our mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Hope, to just put it simply, is anticipating a future that's better than the present. And as we read through the Bible, we'll see that it's a, it's a theme that we see throughout. There are any number of places where Scripture mentions hope. Some 164 different times in, the, in Scripture, in the ESV that I preach from, you see the word the concept of hope. There's two words that are most often translated from the Hebrew hope, two different words, and both carry with it the, the idea of waiting. Yakal uh, carries this idea of waiting. For instance, when Mo, Noah was waiting, uh, when the flood uh, had, the rain had stopped, and he's waiting for the flood waters to recede, that's hope. He's hoping, he's waiting for God to come and to show up and to dissipate the water. Kaval is another word, again, carries with it the idea of waiting, comes from the root kav, which means cord. And so it's the idea of a, of a cord that's stretched. And when that cord is stretched and you're waiting in anticipation for it to break, it's that, that tension that's, that's released when it breaks, that expectation. That's that, that idea of, of hope. The prophet's in the Old Testament, talk about planting crops and hoping that, that, that the plant would, would, would sprout. That's that hope, that waiting for something to happen. Through the Old Testament, that word for hope is used talking about waiting for God to move and God to show up and God to do his thing. We see again that throughout the Old Testament. Trusting that God can do what only God can do. And in the Old Testament, when the northern kingdom had split from the southern kingdom and both of them had gotten to a point where they had devolved into idol worship and, and the prophets are trying to get them to come back to God, the prophets are waiting for God, they're hoping for God to move, to intervene, to come in the midst of the difficulty to show up in his people. So those two words that are translated hope in the Old Testament, they're found some 40 different times in the book of Psalms. That's the, the book of the Bible that's most often uses these words or uses, we see these words for hope. And there's one passage where God's people are crying out to him. And both of the words are used in the same passage in Psalm 130, just to give you an example of it. Psalm 130 verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Scripture is reading the original language, I kava for the Lord, I wait for the Lord. O Israel, yakal for the Lord, or in the Lord, wait in the Lord, for he 
In him is love, steadfast love. There's redemption in him. Sometimes, again, we think about hope, we're defining hope, what's biblical hope. Sometimes it's easy to confuse the concept or the idea of optimism with hope. There's a difference. Optimism is when you, when you look at life and you look at circumstances and you look at what's going on and you can see that how that might, in a positive way, how that might turn out for the best. And so it's all about focusing on the circumstances. Biblical hope, however, isn't about focusing on the circumstances. Biblical hope is more than that. It's not just considering how things could potentially work out. Biblical hope is more than what Jiminy Cricket says. It's more than wishing and hoping and dreaming. Biblical hope is not based on circumstances. Biblical hope is based on a person, based on God, that God's going to show up, and I'm waiting for God to move, and I'm waiting for God to do his thing. And that's what we see throughout Scripture, waiting for God. People who are hoping, they've put their trust, they put their faith in God so hope's big idea, if you're taking notes and just want to write the big idea beside what hope is, biblical hope, it's the idea of waiting, waiting and trusting God. In the last few weeks, as we have led up to Christmas, those four weeks leading up to Christmas, the church over the centuries has called that period Advent. And the word Advent means coming. It comes from the Latin. means coming. It's waiting for the coming of Jesus. But we know as we are on this side of Jesus' birth that we're not only waiting and celebrating that Jesus came, but we're also celebrating the fact that he's coming again. And so there's that future aspect to our waiting as we are hoping. And our hope is, again, it's not in circumstances, it's not hope that all oh, these circumstances, these, these things are going to change. Our hope is in a person. Our hope is in Jesus. And we see that in the New Testament. The word in the New Testament is, is el peace. The word translated hope. And again, carries with it the idea, just like in the Old Testament, this idea of waiting. But in the New Testament, it's more clearly established as you think about all the things that it, as you hope in Jesus, all the differences that that makes in our lives and in our eternity, both now and future. We see it more clearly in the New Testament. And we'll talk about that. The living hope that we have because of the resurrection of Jesus. The enduring hope that we have that, that makes a difference now and endures into the future because he's coming again. So before we go into detail about what that looks like for us and how it changes us and how it uh, is a blessing to us, this hope, this biblical hope. Let's, let's talk about the Christmas story and talk about how we see it, hope, displayed. Go back remember the story of Mary. Mary, young Mary, she's faithful, she loves God, she knows the word, and an angel appears to Mary. And the angel tells Mary, as, as the angel's interacting with Mary, tells her that she's highly favored, that she's loved by God, that she's going to conceive and she's going to bear a son and she's going to name him Jesus. And he's going to be the fulfillment of prophecies that have, that, have, that have come from God to his people for centuries, generation after generation. And, and this son, this child that she's going to bear is going to be the, the result of that. He's going, to be the, he's going to confirm those prophecies. He's going to be... He's going, to, he's going to reign, if you go back and you can read it in Luke chapter 1. The Savior, 
He'll reign, and his reign, the angel says to her, will have no end. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Mary, young Mary, interacting with this angel and hearing these things that the angel has said the, the, in response to prophecies that that's what's going to happen in her, the child that's going to be born through her is going to be the one that's going to come and he's going to the Messiah that they've anticipated, the, the Messiah that they've hoped for and waited for, and it's, now it's going to be realized in her. And as she's trying to process all of that, her mind about to explode, what does the angel say to her? Things in verse 27. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And then we see in verse 38, hope displayed. We see her reply to the angel as she's heard everything. And this is her reply. Listen to her hopeful reply. And Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me. Let it happen, she's saying, according to your word. And the angel departed. So there's Mary. A picture of Mary, hope displayed as she's believing, she's hoping, she's waiting on the Lord. As the angel has said to her what he said, that she's hoping and waiting, that it's going to, it's believing that's going to happen. She literally waits now for nine months. as she miraculously becomes pregnant with the Christ child. And she waits and hopes that what has been told to her will come to pass. Because she has hope in her God. It's, this hope is put in a person. It's in God. She loves God, knows God. She's a deep woman of faith. She puts her hope it's rooted in her God. She's not the only character in Scripture that we see hope displayed. We also see it in who would become her husband, Joseph. Joseph uh, is visited by an angel this time, though in a dream. And Joseph, who had learned that Mary is pregnant, he knows it's not his. And so he decides they're engaged. That was a bigger deal in their day than it is ours. And so he's going to have to divorce her. And he's, but he's going to do it quietly because he, he doesn't want her to, to endure shame. And so he's, he's a good guy. And so he, he wants to do the best by her as possible. This is not his child. And, and so he's struggling with that. And then this angel comes in a dream and says, you don't have to fear. This, this is something miraculous. Uh, yeah, she wasn't unfaithful to you. This is something from God, and, and she's going to give birth. It's conceived by the Holy Spirit, and the child is, is going to be the fulfillment of prophecy. He's going to be named Jesus. Again, generation after generation after generation of prophecies, he is going to fulfill them. He's miraculous. And he, the angel tells Joseph that this child will save his people from their sins. And again, we see biblical hope on display in Joseph. As th- this is his reply to the angel, uh, the reply after the angel's visitation. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He believed what the angel said because he had put his hope in God, in the person of God. Not the circumstances that were a little crazy, But he put his hope in God. As a man of faith, he trusted his God. He believed the message that the angel had given him from his God, as he had been told. And it came, Scripture tells us, it came to pass. Now, we look at the story and all the related parts of the story. Not everyone displays hope. In fact, there's an example of hope that gets a little derailed. And we see that in a related story when John the Baptist's parents are told that Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, is going to conceive. Now, uh, 
John the Baptist's mother, and that was, he was prophesied about as well because he's going to be the one that's going to be the forerunner of Jesus and he's going to be one that's going to prepare the people and he's going to preach a message that prepares the hearts of the people. And so he was a, is a part of it as well, this whole plan of God. And Mary and Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom, were cousins. Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, was a priest. And she's well past Elizabeth, Elizabeth was, well past childbearing years and had hoped for a child past that point when hope has died and and Zechariah goes to the temple he's serving in the temple and again an angel appears angels are super busy (laughs) around the Christmas season so the angel appears and has a message for Zechariah and the angel tells Zechariah that that they're going to conceive and they're going to have a child and again we know from the story fast forward that this would be John the Baptist, and he would play a role in Jesus' life, as I said. But again, she's up in age, and she's past her childbearing years, and their prayers had not been answered, and hope had died in him. And so Zechariah's response is hope derailed, and listen to what, how he responds. Zechariah says to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you'll be silent and able to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words. Hope had died in him. Hope had died that he could have a child. Hope had died. He didn't believe that God could do it. And we see that they... The message is fulfilled, and they do have a child. He was unable to speak, though, uh, because he didn't believe until the child was born. And I think that we can all identify with Zechariah. Because all of us, when, when circumstances aren't working out like we'd hoped, you know, those moments where we've believed and we've tried and we've believed that, that God could do it, and we've put our faith and we put our hope, but it seems like things have not taken place or happened the circumstances haven't changed like we'd hoped for and hope dies and hope gets derailed we can all identify with Zechariah when we focus on the circumstances instead of our God now the story of Christmas is a story of hope it's a story of God in the person of Jesus giving us the gift of hope giving us the opportunity to to have hope to to experience hope that, that after centuries of the prophets saying that there's coming a Messiah, there's coming a Savior, there's coming one that's going to deliver his people, that just at the right time, just according to plan, even though there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that had given up and their hope had died, but yet in his time, in his perfect time, God sent his son. God sent Jesus. And Scripture talks about him being Emmanuel, that he is God with us. God coming into this earth, taking human form, coming as God's gift to us, bringing us peace with God that we talked about last week, the peace of God that we talked about last week. Bringing us, as as we see in the Christmas story, hope and joy and peace, all as a result, gifts from God through the person of Jesus Christ. So the Christmas story is not Jiminy Jiminy Cricket hope. It's biblical hope. Hope found not within ourselves, not not despite circumstances, not focused on circumstances, 
Not hope as our world defines hope, like we see in the Christmas Hallmark movies. The magical Christmas wish that's hoped for, that's realized. It's not the magical Christmas wish that's, that's, that's realized when Buddy finds his dad or when Kevin, who's all alone, gets reunited with his family or when George Bailey uh, gets the money returned to him from old Mr. Mean Mr. Potter or the Christmas hope that Bruce Willis hoped for that the police would come and rescue the people at the Christmas party. Or is that not a Christmas? Is that not a Christmas movie? Bruce Willis, Die Hard, is that not? The debate debate continues. But how does Scripture define this gift of hope? How's it described? This This is my prayer. I prayed this over you this morning. It's my prayer for you today that God would do this in you. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you, 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 you may abound in hope. My prayer that you would abound in hope. Again, how is biblical hope sourced? What is that, what's that, what's that scripture say? In a person, in God, Further defined for us in the, we see it in the Old Testament, we see it further defined through the person of Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus Christ, the Savior, all that he did for us on the cross and in his resurrection and the hope, the fulfillment that that, that what Christ did for us brings to us. God is the source. What's it say? May the God of hope, he's the source of hope. Not ourselves, so not some utopian vision of a hopeful future made possible by human ingenuity. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about God is the hope. God is the source of our hope. Look again at that verse. The prayer is that the God of hope would fill us. So today, ask yourself the question, where is my hope rooted in this life? Is my hope rooted in a future that someone or something can deliver for me? Is my hope rooted in a friend that supports me? Is my hope rooted in a person that would complete me? Is my hope rooted in a child that will love me or a parent that would care for me? Is my hope in a bank account that would sustain me or a job that would validate me? Where's your hope? Where's your hope rooted? Our God of hope has the power as we wait on him. What's the scripture say? To fill us with joy and peace as we believe, as we trust, as we trust in a person, not circumstance, not some wishing on a star, but in the person of Jesus. He has the capacity as our source of hope to give the gifts that scripture talks about. Gifts far greater and more valuable and sustaining than the fleeting empty gifts that our world or Jiminy Cricket would promise us. God's gift are ours not when they come as a result of some hallmark ending in our lives. But we can have hope and we can have joy and we can have peace even when the circumstances are not going our way. When the Christmas wish does not come true, if our hope is rooted in God, I can still have peace and joy, his love. When God is my source and my belief is in him, By the power of the Holy Spirit, verse 13, what does it say? I can abound in hope. We have hope alive, just like Mary and Joseph have hope that was alive in them, that they believed that what God said would come to pass because they believed God. Can we trust God? Is our 
hope rooted in a person, rooted in, and God, imagine Mary then. If we fast forward from the birth, from the stable, if we fast forward to the end of Jesus' life on this earth, fast forward, imagine Mary at the foot of the cross. Mary, whose heart is broken as Jesus is nailed to a cross, at the foot of the cross, as he hangs dying for the sins of humanity, and she is not able to fully comprehend what's going on, but still hanging on to hope, still clinging on to hope because she clings to the belief in her son that the angels had given her years before, clinging to that hope. And when we go back to Romans and what the writer of Romans is praying for us, that I prayed over you today, that we would be filled with hope, that we would abound in hope, a Holy Spirit-empowered supernatural hope that impacts our life now and into eternity. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews tells us to do. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So as we continue to wait on this last Sunday of Advent, on this last Sunday before Christmas, let me encourage us again with these words from the writer. Let us hold fast. Let us hold tight to the confession of our hope. And how do we do that? How are we supposed to do that without wavering, Scripture says? So despite the circumstances, I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know what difficulties you're, you're, you're facing. But put your hope in Christ. Put your hope not in yourself, not in Jimmy Cricket world, not in Hallmark movie world. But put your faith in a person, in the person of Jesus Christ without wavering. And what does the writer say? For or because he who promised is faithful. And who promised? God promised. Jesus fulfilled the promise when he came. And so again, hope is, is fulfilled in, in a person. Hope is rooted in a person. We can, as we put our trust in a person, as we put our trust in God to show up like we see in the Old Testament, as we put our trust in, in God and his perfect agenda at just the right time, he always shows up and always does at just the right time. That's our God. Can we put our hope today, this Christmas, again, despite what's going on, when circumstances may seem like they're crazy and it doesn't seem like it's going to work out, but, but with God. It's not that he promises that everything works out. But we see in Scripture over and over and over when God's people, despite circumstances, choose to continue to put their hope in their God, in, their pers- in the person of God, that God is with them. And every time we see that, that even though the Hallmark ending does not, uh, it doesn't turn out like we, we would hope, but God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always there with us, and he will ultimately care for his children. That's hope discovered when we get that, when we understand that, when we root our hope in Jesus. Hope discovered is discovered through the person of Jesus Christ. It's in a person. Hope discovered in Jesus. Let's just talk about it real quick as we conclude. Let's just talk about the difference it makes to put our hope in Jesus. What difference does the New Testament talk to us about? And what difference does the New Testament tell us that that hope in Jesus makes? Hope discovered as we put our faith in Jesus. Jesus, the one who conquered death, we can also conquer death. 
with his resurrection, through his resurrection. So even when we in this life face death, we can hold on to the hope that in Jesus, because of Jesus, there is an eternity in store for us. We have been raised to new life in Christ, Romans says. 1 Thessalonians 4 tells us that we do not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We have our hope in Christ, and he's coming again. We have hope in the person of Jesus who, like him, we will, our, our earthly bodies will be liberated from them someday. Like Jesus. We have hope in the person of Jesus as he entered eternity. He's preparing eternity for us, guarding it for us in glory, Scripture tells us. We have hope in the person of Jesus as he promised that the Holy Spirit would come and could be with us, could empower us, and that he would write on us God's law on our on our heart of flesh. He would he would write on on, on our hearts his law, not like the cold stone that he wrote the law in the Old Testament with Moses in the wilderness. Something different would happen as we put our hope in Jesus. In the person of Jesus, he's making righteousness possible for us as we take upon him ourselves the mantle of Christ's righteousness, Christ alive in us, not some distant future, but God, Christ doing something in us now in preparation for eternity. So we have hope in the person of Jesus Christ that we can taste now the wonderful transforming power of Christ alive in us, shaping us, molding us, and that use that old old school word, sanctifying us, making us more like Christ, conformed to the image of Christ. So we have hope in the person of Jesus, and so we can understand the depths of joy that this world and Jiminy Cricket and the Hallmark movies know nothing about. There's a depth. There's a depth available to us. And I love the reminder that Richards, as he was outlining hope, biblical hope, in the word study, I was reading a book, Richards writes, he, in an exposition on hope, he says this, our life will still have its stress and its personal tragedies, but the believer whose hope is in the Lord and who has a grasp of God's plan will not be overcome. You will not be overcome as you put your hope in Christ. For I know the plans I have for you. Uh, Through the prophet uh, Jeremiah, God sends these words to his people who were living in exile in a foreign land. They didn't know if they'd ever get back. Their circumstances were horrific in that moment. And yet God's word through the prophet to them and by extension to us today, God's word. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God promised them. And God promises us that despite the circumstances, that you can trust me as you put your faith in a person, not this world, not in people, but in God. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And so today, I would just encourage you to put your hope in Christ. And maybe you're here today and you've never done that. You've never invited Christ to be your Lord, be your Savior. I'm going to pray in just a few minutes, and I would invite you to, to make that decision. We'll, at the end, we'll put, a QR, uh, put up a QR code where you can scan that code, and we'd love to send you some resources. But have you invited Christ to be your hope? I think back when I was a kid. We lived in a split-level home, so you walked in the street level, 
And then there was just a little landing area, and you walked upstairs, and that's where everybody's bedroom was and where the kitchen was. And then you walked down, and then you could also walk downstairs. And then that opened up into a big living room, and that's where the tree was. And it was what we did as kids, we would go out and we would cut a tree down at a field and we'd drag it into the house. And uh, the kid's job, my job, was to pick up the needles uh, on the way down to the living room. And then after it was there for a month or whatever, when it was drugged back out and it was like dead as a hammer and all the needles just come off in mass, it was my job again to pick up all the needles. So I, that's what I remember. I remember those stairs and how the, the needles would get embedded in the carpet of the stairs, and it was my job to get them out. Anyway, I remember sitting at the top of the stairs as a child, and it's Christmas morning, and the presents are downstairs, and you couldn't see them. You couldn't see the tree. You couldn't see the presents because you had to go down one piece of the stairs and then to this landing and then down the other set of stairs, and the tree was, so there's no way you could see the tree, but I sat there as a little child waiting for everybody else to get up, hoping, knowing, that there were presents under that tree with my name on them. Today, I want to encourage every single one of you, there is a gift under the tree with your name on it that has your name on it. It's the gift of hope. But it took me as a kid believing and walking down the stairs and going and opening up myself. And so today, will you choose to walk down the stairs, put your faith in the person of Christ, and open the gift of hope? I know some of you really need it right now. You've got some major stuff going on, and you need some hope. Friends, you can trust God. And so as we take communion, I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. And as we have been doing in the weeks leading up to Christmas, as during Advent, as we have been waiting for the coming of Jesus, today we want to again celebrate what Jesus did for us. To celebrate the body of Christ that was given to us on a cross. To remember the blood that was shed for us so that our sins could be forgiven. And so today, as we come, and again, I would just encourage you to prepare your heart, get your heart ready. If there's things you need to confess, if there's things you need to make right before the Lord, please do that. Prepare yourself as we take communion together. And I would say again to you that uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, these are the Lord, this is the Lord's table. It's not ours. And so you are welcome to take communion today. You are welcome to celebrate with us what Jesus did for us. And so our hope is not Jiminy Cricket hope. It's not Hallmark hope. It's not some pie in the sky, star in the sky hope. It's hope in the person of Jesus Christ, the source of hope, Jesus Christ. And so as you come, I encourage you to kneel if you want to, take it back to your seat if you want to, spend some time. We've got a couple songs. You've got plenty of time. And today we just want to worship. If you can't get up and move around, that's okay. We've got some people that will come, and we'd love to just make eye contact with them as they walk around. They'd love to bring the communion elements to you. Let me pray for us. And again, invite you, if you've never put your faith in Christ, to do that today as I pray. Father, God, thank you. Thank you, Father, today for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what the birth of Jesus means to us, that our hope is in him, in your son. And God, we thank you that on the cross he gave his life for us, shed his blood for us so that our sins could be forgiven. 
And so, God, I just want to pray for that person that for today for the very first time. Maybe they've thought about it for a while, but, but your spirit is drawing them in and they just realize today and they are making the decision to cross that line of faith and put their hope and put their faith in your son as their savior, as the object of their hope. God, thank you for forgiving them. Thank you for setting them free. Thank you for breaking the bondage of sin. Thank you for giving them eternal life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I pray today as we take communion that every child of God would just rejoice today just like little David did as he ran down the stairs filled with hope to open the gift. And so God, today we come to these tables, the Lord's table. I pray that you'd help us to come with a sense of a child opening up the gift, excited about the gift, the gift of Jesus, the hope that is ours in him. Work in us today as we remember and we celebrate the birth of Jesus and the difference that Christ makes giving us hope. We pray it in his name.